We're on. <laughs> Welcome to the Minion Sunship Live again. Thank you for joining us once again. We're on. We're on. We're on. We're so on. <laughs> because God is on. God is on. God is on. God is so on. I have a message. I have a message. I have a message and, um, and it's, it's, it's really, it's really what, um, I, I, I started touching upon last Sunday, communion with Christ. And today this was formed in the early mornings as I was waking up communion with love, communion with love, communion with love. And really last week's message, it, it it's to be heard because this week's it will land right into it. And I believe we, we formed a framework for growth from here as God has been really working in the midst of us to bring forth greater and un unraveling, unveiling, a revealing of truth of life, a revealing of his very nature within us, a revealing of his very essence, his very glory. And that is truly his life. His glory is his life, the splendor of who he is. It is his very living entity being for he is and he always will be. And he, as he was, he always is. And, and so, he woke me up with, with, um, communion with love. And, and, and we, last week we looked at from 1 Corinthians 10 and we'll look at it again, verse 16 today about now that we have communion through, through the, through the, through the cup that we, we, which we blessed with the blood of Christ and through the, the broken body, we have communion with the very flesh of our master, the very body. Communion. We looked at the word koinonia and, and it was really contact, fellowship, intimacy. What I, what it connotates to me is oneness. Communion is oneness with God. For, because now that we are born again, we are one spirit with our master. We are one with him. And I think about the armor of God that we, walk in as we abide in this Christ life and that that armor is manifesting himself through us he is the armor he is his life is my armor Christ within me is the strength the core of our life and so today we continue the theme of communion communion fellowship oneness contact intimacy we all have a desire for intimacy we all have a desire for for contact and so often in the outer man we we, we grasp for the material moments. We grasp for the, 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 the hand of a lover. We, we grasp for, you know, a kind glance, a, a touch from a parent. We, we grasp, we grasp for these things, but all of them are really uh, an inner man. An inner man crying out with oneness with God. And when we become born again, this journey of oneness, of contact with oneness with the living God commences. And in all eternity, we'll be growing in the understanding of now that we are one spirit with the Lord. The spirit of life, the breath of God, the ruler, his spirit, that we are one with his essence as we abide, as we abide in that, in that true vine, in the true vine of Christ, as we abide in the very life of God that is found within the parameters of this word, the very life of God, the true vine, the truth of the word of God. Communion with love. 
And of course, as I pondered, wake up, come in with love. And, and really, my message from last week flashed in every verse. I could see the Lord inserting communion with love. You know, Moses crying in Exodus 33 that we, we looked at, show me your glory. First of all, he asked, show me your way, Lord. Unless you go with us, we're not going. For how will the rest of heathens know that you are with us, God? We want your presence. Show me your way, Lord. Show me your presence. Show me your glory. And what he was calling out for, show me your love, Father. Your ever abiding, never leaving, never departing love, Father. Show me and demonstrate me that by which you mark me with, Father. That by which you know me, which is your love, demonstrate it to me. Ooh. Mm. I just saw Wow. Yeah. Comedian with love. Kili brasata. Comedian with love. And so as I pondered on communion with love and Moses crying out and really our hearts have that intimate desire to know him and we know that fulfillment is found in Christ when he came and told us told his disciples that we are now part of that living branch of his life that we are now a part of, the body of Christ, Ooh, the body of Christ, grafted into that true vine of the living God. For he so loved us, he gave us his son to die for us. He gave us his love for us. His unmerited love, a demonstration of his goodness towards his mankind. And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. What are we seeking today? Which way are we seeking? The way of life, the way of truth for Jesus. He is, he is the one we seek. He's the only one we seek. And yet the deception of the outer man that we daily are reckoning dead is there telling us that we're actually seeking and needing something else. What else do we need that can satisfy the thirst of a human heart to know they're loved? Nothing. Everything is splitting vanity. Everything is a passing by mesmeration. And when we partake of it, as Adam and Eve partook of that tree, they realize the shallowness of the experience and the weight of disobedience. How often I've caught myself in those moments. Only to come back to my knees before my living father in repentance. You're right, Lord. Every word in this book is for my benefit. For my protection, Lord, you are right, Lord. Forgive me for not trusting you, Lord. And so here we go, back to communion with love. There he is again, wide open, never departed from us, even in the darkest of our hours. Never left us, never rejected us, never disowned us. For he can't disown his own self, we're part of his body. I speak life into your moment.
I speak life into your moment, no matter what you're going through, the traversing of your life. See him alone. I speak life into your sight. Light into your hearing. The very love of God. The voice of love himself. And so, as I was meditating these thoughts this morning of love eternal, that we are now becoming him. That as he was a tender shoot, Isaiah talks about the Lord Jesus Christ coming into this world as a tender shoot, as a tender plant. He grew up before his father, but he was unbecoming to the world. And yet we know he was becoming to his heavenly father. There was nothing attractive about him that the carnal man wanted. That's what Isaiah, Isaiah 2 says. Oopsie, that's my audio system. Yeah, God's saying, take note. <laughs> Isaiah 53, 2. He grew up before him as a tender shoot and like a root out of a dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Isaiah 53, 2. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. And I thought this is the very love of God. That to the man that is carnal, they're like, few weed, the love of God, I can't touch it. What's so majestic about the love of God? But to us that are now born again, to the one whose eyes are open to see him alone, this is pure majesty. Nothing but beauty in our Savior. Nothing but a desire for his love found in the Son of God. And so though we are in this transformation of becoming and being transformed into the image of the firstborn son that Romans tells us in Romans 8, 29, that this is the plan of God for my life, that I be conformed to the image of Christ. And in this transformation, we are becoming unbecoming to the world. We are being metamorphosed out of the world. We're being transformed and not conformed to the world. world and its system, and thus will be rejected by the world because we refuse to take its shame and form, but we'll take the form and the shame and, and the and the shape and even the shame of the cross. We'll take his appearance and be becoming to our heavenly father. To be becoming to our heavenly father, to be just like him, to become just like him, becoming. The King James, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. As a root out of a dry ground because he, what, turns ashes into beauty. How the dry dead places in your life see him arise. Resurrection life is your portion in life. Out of a dry ground. He had no stately form or majesty to attract us, no beauty that we should desire him. And yet we desire him 
because we know him through his love now. And so back to the same statement this morning's meditation. First John came to my heart. First John 4. And therefore the title that came that really is a longer than normal, but I just could not take this part out of it. So communion with love. And then he attached from the New Living Translation in 1 John 4, verse, the beginning of verse is 18, I believe. And this is it. Communion with love. Such love has no fear. Such love has no fear. Such love has no fear. And so we have communion with love himself and love himself has no fear. Love himself has no fear. Therefore, we being planted in him, abiding and communing with him, we are communing with love that has no fear. And John writes how this perfect, pure love of God flushes out fear. It casts it far away. Why? Because he is light us. He is love. And light chases out darkness, which is fear. And so as you continue to abide in the true vine in John 15, we looked at it. As we continue to abide in the true vine, the working of the very life of God is for the purpose to drive out darkness, which is fear, doubt and unbelief, a callous heart, a rebellious heart, to bring forth a conformity and to bring forth a subduance to everything of him in my life, to uproot every wicked root that the enemy had planted. And this is the true work of the Holy Spirit. This is a work of uprooting and establishment in Him alone that is of the Holy Spirit. But what are we to do? We are to abide in Him. We are to commune with the Christ, the blood that we are partaking and the body that we are partaking of. To be one in thought, in, in, in understanding. I'm one with God. Because he so loved me, he did not withhold himself from me. So let's, let's read. I'm going to read from the New King James a larger portion here, and then I'm going to go to the New Living where the second part of my title came in. In 1 John 4, Oh, I feel like reading the whole, the whole thing. Um, I'll just touch upon some verses. For, for you are of God, little children. You are of God. Uh, this, this verse together with the one in Luke, um, that do not fear little flock, for it was his good pleasure, it was the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Between those two verses, <laughs> I've stayed and stayed. That had been the vine that I grew in. Fear not, little children. It was your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And then here John writes, you're of God, little children. 
And why? What does that mean to you and I that I'm of God? That I put up with the messes of the world? No, no. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them. Every wicked spirit, every evil spirit, every deceptive work of Satan. Oh, I keep myself here. I keep myself in this reminder moment because there are days we just don't feel it. Where there are days where we feel the opposite. But I'm telling you, we're no longer flesh and blood identification of my feelings of how what it seems to be the wind blows, blows that way to good day, blows this way to bad day. Absolutely not. <laughs> we have God, little children. And have overcome it. He's blowing through us now. Saying, speak, child. Speak grace, grace to your mountain. Speak, child. Let me blow out the debris of all, the, all that that's accumulated against you today. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you, he love himself. Communion with love, Christ himself. Communion with the dominator of the world system. Communion with the one who's overcome it and that told us, be of good cheer, fear not. There might be trouble in the world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome it all. And because we're in him, the true one, the one that speaks truth to us, we now can hear the words from John of the Holy Ghost saying, you've overcome them. You've overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as the world speaks. The world hears, hears them. But verse 6, we are of God. You and I in Christ are of God. You and I in Christ are of God. And I know the word says we his ambassadors, but we've heard so many messages that sometimes we can just parent verses. Yes, yes, I am an ambassador. And so what I do is I go to the ones that I have not meditated as much or they're not as familiar to my outer hearing. And this is one of them. You're of God. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. Easy peasy Japanese, easy. They don't want to hear me. Okay, what does the word say about that? Time to go to your prayer closet. No need to strife with words. Prayer closet. Pray that the deceiver unblocks their sight. The way the Lord saved us. He'll save when we find ourselves in the prayer closet. It's who he is, his love. Not just to you and I in Christ. To, uh, he so loved the whole world. He desires that none perish. And we've overcome every wicked spirit that ensnares people, every wicked spirit that blinds people. So we have dominion in the prayer closet. The prayer closet is a place of dominion. Prayer in the name of Jesus is dominion exercise on earth. We are of God. 
So then verse six, six finishes, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now verse seven, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves, this is it, communion with the love of God, communion with love. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us. In this, this is very important. He's going to show us how the love of God was demonstrated to us. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us. How? That God sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him. Not another session of goosebumps. Not another kind word from your fellow believer, brother, sister. Not a hug from your mom and dad. And all of those are part of a love expression. Of love. And yet... We have the most sure word telling us, telling us the way love was manifested towards us is God sent his son to die for us. That now through him, we might have life, which tells me as, as 1 John 5 would tell me, the one that has the son has life. And the one does not have the Son, does not have the Son of God, does not have life. Easy distinction. In verse 10, in this is love, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Here, right here, you have forgiveness. Never to struggle with past sins. Never to struggle with the dominion of sin ever again. You can't help yourself. In Christ, we have been fully delivered from the power of sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 12, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. Coming into the dividing place. By this we know that we abide in him. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us oneness because he has given us of his spirit. Why? Because now the Holy Spirit is testifying within us that we are his children and by the Holy Ghost we cry out, Abba, Father. So my testimony and my witness within me of being one with God is not how I feel on the outside. I feel God today. Today I don't feel God. It is through the witness of the Holy Spirit. Can you see the Holy Spirit? Can you touch the Holy Spirit? No, you cannot with your tangible human hands. But yet he is experienced fully within your spirit for you now become one spirit with the Lord. You. I feel like praying in tongues. 
And so this knowing of the love of God, this anchoring in the love of God, that that's why the cross is so important. And yet we know he's not on the cross. We know he rose again. We know he ascended on high. We know where he sits now and where he sits we sit. That's why the audacity of John to say, you are of God, little children, and overcome them. But what the cross does to me, it anchors me in the love of God. What the word of God, that I can now handle the love of God through this word. As John said in, in 1 John, I love this portion of 1 John 1 from... Um, one to four, I'll just read that. This is communion with love. Koinonia, being one with God. Experiencing Him through your spirit, man. Maha. A knowing, a knowing and a believing of the love of God that is beyond, beyond a change of a mind. A persuasion that is so full and complete that only the love of God can keep you in that persuasion. That which was from the beginning, that which we heard, the word that was God, the word that was with God, the word that was made flesh, that word, that one, the one that was face to face with the heavenly father before the foundation of the world, there was a lamb slain, that one. Jesus is his name. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. He is the word of life. He is life himself. He is the way. He is the truth. He is life, the word of life. That we can handle now. That we can partake of divine nature by communing with the very love of God. Oh, <laughs> Liberty I'm talking about. That is so far above condemnation. Condemnation does not exist in the love of God because it's flushed out fear of I can't make it, I messed up again, of I'm not good enough. That nothing is changing, everything is changing because you are undergoing transformation. Handling the word of life, a privilege, an honor that God bestowed upon us through the New Testament, through the communion of Christ with a cup of his blood and the broken body of his flesh, living bread. The same privilege that God demonstrated and honored Moses with. When he tucked him in the cleft of the rock. So that his goodness would pass by him. So that the glory of God be made manifest to Moses. Under an old covenant. And yet that too was part of the word of life. So we have this access now. To handle the word of life. That life was manifested. The life was manifested. And we have seen. We have seen and bear witness. And declare to you. 
and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and which was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, this is the ministry of reconciliation. The John is walking and you and I in Christ have the same declaration. We can tell another, we can tell another, we can tell another. The very words, that which we have handled the word of life, that which we have partaken of, that our eyes have seen the glory of the Lord as we beheld the truth of God. That, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also, why? That you also may have fellowship. That's the word koinonia. That you also may have fellowship, communion, to participate, to be in contact with, to have intimacy with, with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that you your joy may be full. It's all about joy being full. It's all about joy being full. And in John 15, Jesus says the same thing pretty much. I'll just live over in 15, 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Here is, abide in love. Commune with love. Be in love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. How do we abide and commune with love? By handling the word of life. Keeping his commandments. Being doers of the word of God. Which is really a, a transformation. A mind renewal from glory to glory. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. As Jesus communed with the Father in love. In John 17, I believe he says, Father, I know you love me. Father, I know you love me. How often I've said that to my heavenly Father. Father, I know you love me. And it stills the storm of my life. No matter where I'm found, I know he loves me. And I can take another breath and another step forward. We move on. We keep on keeping on. We build in the love of God. And the love of God has absolutely no fear in it. Communion with love, such love has no fear. Verse 11, Jesus says exactly about what John said, joy being full. These things I've spoken to you regarding abiding in the true vine, abiding in the word of God, abiding in the love of God. It's all the same. God is love. God is truth. God is light. God is justice. God is righteousness. God is triumph. God is victory. God is love. And we know faith works through love. So what is the victory that has overcome? What is the victory that has overcome this world? Even our faith. Faith in the love of God has made you more than a conqueror. More.
These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. That my joy may remain in you and that, that your joy may be full. He never condemned. The word says he did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. But to save the world. Where did I stop here? In 1 John 4. Verse 13, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent the son, a savior of the world. The Christian message is this. The Christian message is, and we have seen and testify that the father has sent the son a savior of the world. This is the Christian message. This is Christian theology. This is Christian doctrine. This will bring forth completeness and joy of joy in you. When you acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that he came and died for me because he has so loved me. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him. Oh, we all, you know, you hear new age situations. Oh, you know, we all have God. And we just God, God, God. Here, it's very specific and clear. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Solidity. This is where you know your feet are firmly planted on the solid rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't agree with everything that's out there under the title of G-O-D. God says to us, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God because this is a demonstration of the real love of God. So the only way that God is abiding us when we have this understanding of his love through the Son. Because nothing else would anchor humanity in God outside of the love of God. For God is love. In your private moment, read this chapter 4. Get a few translations out and read chapter 4. And let it go in and open up your sight to the love of God. Verse 16, and we have known and believe. We have known, I love it, and believe the love that God has for us. Do you know and do you believe? And you can say yes readily. The love of God. That he has for us. Why do I say readily? Because you've acknowledged him as your Lord and Savior. You've, you've acknowledged the way he's demonstrated himself through love. God is love, you say right after this. God is love and he who abides in love, communes in love, is one with love, abides in God. And God in him. Verse 17, we have to read 17 until 19. Love has been perfected among us in this, 
that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, look at this, because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is the resurrected king of glory, as he is right now, so are we right now here on earth. We're not busted and defeated. He said to us, you're of God, little children. You have overcome them. We don't just make do get along for the sake of another day without contradiction with the world. We're not afraid of the world. We're not afraid of their opinions or their judgments against us. Because we are fully developed or in process of being developed more in the love of God, perfected, matured, fully grown in the love of God. In this love, in this communion of love, there is no fear. <laughs> You're above now. You're above now. We, we go to Ephesians 1 and we get so rah, rah, rah and excited. Whoa, let's live this rah, rah, exciting message of Christ. We are above now. As he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect, that's mature, tell us, perfect love casts out fear drives out fear, dispels fear, destroys, annihilates fear, because we know in Hebrews, the word tells us that Jesus destroyed the one that had the grip of fear over us through death, the fear of death. Satan, fully destroyed. And really, this is really the power of sin that's been destroyed. It's falling short, falling short. No longer do we fall short. In Christ, we're made complete. In Christ, we are far above. And yes, it's a transformative utterance. It is to edify the listener. So you can go in your quiet moment before the Lord and meditate and ponder on his truth. Not to hear it once and put it on the, on, 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 on the shelf somewhere. I got that. And move on. I want one more message, maybe, how God wants me rich, rich, rich. Yes, he does. Rich in the love of God. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Bountiful provision of the love of God. And in that love is no fear of ever running out. Never. Never. Because perfect love, matured, grown-up love, casts out fear. Because why? Fear has torment. And we just read what Jesus said. I want you joy complete. I want you joyful. I want you ha, 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 happy. Happy. Happy buddies here. <laughs> We're happy. <laughs> this morning I was running around, running around, not too, too happy. A little stressed out. We come back to here. We come back to right here. And we renew our mind once again. We renew our minds once again to who we are. I am of God. And I have overcome the lower moments. I can go ha, ha, ha. 
because I know he is for me. Because I've made the choice to believe and to trust the love of God. Because I understand in the true vine, I'm in communion with love himself. And in love, there is no fear. Because fear has torment. I'm not built for torment. My nights are not built for torments. My days are not built for torments. But I'm to do what? To withstand that wicked one. Actually, the other day the Lord spoke to me through, through, through um, Ephesians. Ephesians 6 in the evil day. What do you do in the evil day, Desi? You stand. What do you do in the evil day? You stand. <laughs> you don't cave in. Make me laugh, actually. Right. In the evil day, I don't go hide. In the evil day, I don't pretend I am, uh, I'm not sure what. Uh, no one see me. I want to blend with the world. No, you stand for Christ. After you've done all, what do you do? You stand. Dominion position in the very armor of God, which is love. Commune with the love of God. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love, meaning a work in progress, time to grow up a little more, a little bit more, a little bit more. All of us are in the process of transformation. We love him because he first loved us. The new living I wanted to look here. This is part of the verses I read here. Um, verse 16. We know how much God loves us. And we, have, we know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. I love this translation because it's like me, I make a decision to put my trust in his love because I believe he loved me first. So it's not based on my performance. It's not based on me, 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 um, jumping through hoops. It's not based on me. Uh, I, I don't know, just, just being perfect. It's based on his perfection of love. And when I receive his perfect love through the way he demonstrates himself to humanity, the cross, I'm in love. I'm in love and in love. God is love and all who live in love, live in God. And God lives in them. Communion with love. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. That's the key of transformation. As you live, that's why I say stay, stay in the true vine. As you live in God, our love grows more perfect. Maturity, Christian maturity. Growth happens, so we'll not be, so we'll not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. 
I love that. Because we live like Jesus here in this world. And this is at verse 18. Such love has no fear. Such love has no fear. The very love of God, the agape love of God, God himself has no fear in him. No fear. That's why communion with love, such love has no fear. So when we think about the communion that we have uh, with Christ through the cup of his blood and through his broken body, we really have to think about communing with the love of God. Being one with Christ is being one with the love of God. Such love has no fear. Perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it's not for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. It just tells us we, we can experience more of His perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. So then here we can go to, I wanted to look where I was last week in 1 John 10. Yeah. No, not 1 John. Uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 16, 1 Corinthians 10, 16. The cup of blessing which we bless. The cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? How did God demonstrate his love to us? He, he just told us. By sending his son to die for us. By shedding blood for us. And so when we're fellowshipping, participating in the blood of Christ, we are in communion with the love of God. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? What did Jesus tell us in John chapter 6? That unless we eat of his body, unless we drink of his blood, we're not his disciples. Which I can do a little shortcut to that. Unless we know the very love of God and communing with the love of God. How can we call ourselves disciples of Christ? What makes me a disciple of Christ is this communion with atoning sacrifice, a living sacrifice that now I'm becoming, I'm becoming a living sacrifice because he was the ultimate living sacrifice. Not the blood of goats and bulls, but of the Christ, the living God. And I'm communing with the living blood of Christ. By acknowledging the love of God. By acknowledging and believing and putting my trust in the love of God, I am really acknowledging His blood and broken body for me. Christianity is the most spiritual expression of life on earth. 
There's nothing more higher of a spiritual moment than the very blood, communion with the blood of Christ and communion with the very broken body. To call yourself a Christian, you're marking yourself as a spirit man, born of the spirit, one spirit with the living God, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator, the master of the universe. No greater glory than to be called a Christian. No greater glory than to be one that communes with the blood and broken body, the bread of Christ. To commune with the very love of God. A transformation. A transformation we have to undergo. Of revelation. Of revelation of who we are. Of a completeness of what he's done for us. And now the attaining is attaining of revelation of completeness, forgetting what was and attaining to that for which he's attained us for, which is his very love, his very love. Just as he is, we are. Love to another. I'll finish here. We're done. Amen for today. Thank you for joining us.